Good morning, people of God. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This is Apostle Shirley Evans. Another day, another message from our good Lord and Savior. We thank God for a sound mind. I pray that when you get this message, all will be well with you. Grace and mercy and love and peace be with you. And so, yes, today is Friday, October 9th, 2020. The time now is 10.15 a.m. And we just bless the Lord at all times. Father, in the name of Jesus, you're an awesome God. You are a redeemer. And God, you're redeeming the time. You're redeeming the time because the days are evil. Father, but your love and mercy and grace is still with us. You promise never to leave us nor forsake us. So I ask you to continue to keep us safe. Keep our eyes focused on you. Keep our ears sensitive to hear your voice in the name of Jesus. And Father, help me to always be focused to be yielded. Help us all to be yielded, totally yielded, because that's what you want from us. You want us to receive your love, but at the same time to be yielded to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I don't think it, think it lightly that you're using me as your oracle to speak your word in this season. Father, I ask you to take away every ounce of pride in me in the name of Jesus, and every ounce of pride in all of us in the name of Jesus. Help us, Father, to stop murmuring and complaining because you do not like a murmurer, because you've been so, so good to us. You saved us, you give us peace, you provide for us, you comfort us, you heal us, you restore us. You said you will be the restore of the breach. So we have so much to thank you for. I pray, Lord, that there would be no interruptions today as it was yesterday, but your will be done. Because as a child of God, the scripture does say that, for we know that all things are working together for good to those who love the Lord and to those who are the called according to his purpose. And so we give you praise today. And our bell. We have prophetic songs. And we have a word, a scripture today. And our song begins, purify my heart, let it be as gold, pure gold. Purify mm -hmm. my heart, let it be as gold, pure gold. Mm -hmm. 
Refine as fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, dear Master. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, dear Master, ready to do your will. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, dear Master, ready to do your will. Surely, the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can feel the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcome in this place. Thou art welcome in this place. Thou art welcome in this place. Thou art welcome in this very room. In this very room, there's quite enough love for one like me. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for one like me. And there's quite enough hope and quite enough power to chase away any gloom for Jesus, Lord Jesus, is in this very room. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all of us. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all of us and there's quite enough hope and quite enough power to share wherever we go for jesus lord jesus is in this very room in this very room
there's quite enough love for all the world and in this very room there's quite enough joy for all the world and there's quite enough hope and quite enough power to reach to all of the earth for jesus lord jesus is in this very room he is in this very room spirit of the living god fall fresh on me spirit of the living god fall fresh on me melt me mold me Pray that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Living God, will fall afresh on you as you yield to Him. Our scripture is found in Psalms 24. Psalms 24, the Psalm of David. And this is the Psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. For he had founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that had clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Sailor. And that's the word of the Lord, the psalm from David, talking about the King of glory going into holies of holies today. We are, it's, a it's time to come into holy into the holies of holies it's time for the glory of the lord to be seen in us we are called to love we have to be loosed to love we have to be loosed from the world and bondage of sin 
to come into the love of God when, when we accept him. But there's, there's greater measures of love. We must be free to love, to receive his love. Let the Holy Ghost penetrate you. Let him penetrate you with his love. It's time to let the King of Glory come in. It's time to let the King of Glory come in. Let him be the lover of your soul. It's time for intimacy with Jesus. Totally yielded. It's time to be totally filled with the Holy Ghost and let him take control. Total, total, total control. We read our psalm. Now we'll speak about entering the Holy of Holies. What does it say? You have to have clean hands, pure heart. You have not lifted up your soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Today we're talking about entering the Holy of Holies. When we go into the presence of the Lord in the Holy of Holies, going in is progressive. It's like you coming to my house, but my house is surrounded by walls and there's a gate with locks on it. Outside the gate, you're outside the holy place. When you enter inside, you enter in like the courtyard, but there's another place. It's the Holy of Holies. And that's a progression. And that's where God wants us. By the lampstand, we are filled with the, His Spirit and a greater understanding of His power. But then when we see Jesus at the table of showbread, we experience fellowship with him and other believers. So when you sit at, at, the, at a table and the meal is set there, other believers are there and Jesus is there. It's a fellowship. You're fellowshipping. Here Jesus gives us his love for others. Not just for ourselves, but love for others. He is divine. And we are the branches. When we abide in him, his love abides in us. But we must abide in him. And abiding in him is staying in his presence and staying in the word of God. The word of God is him. I may not even know someone but Jesus will give me a love that lets me look at the person through his eyes of love. He gives us, his followers, this love. Because it is by love, people of God, that all men may know that we are his disciples. John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. I'll go there. 
John chapter 13. In this very room, into this holy of holies. John, John 13, 34 to 35 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all may know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one for another if you have love one to another. So we are called to love. Greater love than this. He laid down his life for us. This means that we are called to love each other. If we are truly, if we are to truly love him. We are to love each other. In view of that, before I go any further to discuss being in the presence of God in the Holy of Holies, I want to talk for a moment about the importance of loving others. I'm not saying it's an easy thing, but if you really have the love of God, really, really inside of you, then you will love because it will be him inside of you loving. Because flesh don't know anything about love, true love. But his spirit inside of us will love. We often have the idea that we're going to be able to sit over in a corner and worship sitting in our own corner and worshiping God in spirit and in truth all by ourselves. To some extent, this is true. We could do that. Before we get to that point, however, we have to be able to deal with each other. How can we say we love God whom we have not even seen? when we hate our brothers whom we see every day. First John 4 and 20. First John, bless the Lord, 4 and 20 says, if a man say I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he had seen, how can he love God whom he had not seen. How? How are we going to worship God if we have an attitude about somebody we are sitting next to? You know that happens. You sit next to the other person and probably in your heart without you saying it, it's like, I can't stand him. To the point where you want to move to another seat. Help deliver us, Lord Jesus. The Bible teaches us that if we're going to love God, we have to love his children too. When we love one another, there is a flow of love from heart to heart. You don't even have to open your mouth. The person in the front of you can see 
the glow of love inside of you and you could feel it spirit to spirit love love does not look at someone and 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 and, and begin to look at their qualities love loves when god gives us his love we have to give it to others love is something that we give away because god so loved us that he gave away his son jesus to us we have to get it inside them we have to get the love inside of them we have to like penetrate them with our love it is so strong something inside me i cannot explain something inside me that banishes pain something inside me i cannot explain all that i know there is something within so when you have that love that insatiable love that pure love inside of you you can actually stand in the presence of people and they're weeping because they they that's the medicine they needed they needed that love just your presence the love flows into them there are times when you don't have to open your mouth they feel it okay i remember one time i was was at a place and i was coming through the church door and this young man said to me oh 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 my my um what happened is this i can't explain it um i feel fire around you but i feel love he was feeling the fire of the holy ghost but he was feeling the love the love the true love we have to give it to others when god gives us love we have to give it to others we have to get it inside them if they seem as though they don't want to have anything to do with us we've got to work extra hard because it's our job to get the love inside them get it to them get it into them go ahead and and encourage them with the love of god when they're looking stone-faced exhort them with the love of god when they're looking all mean bless them with the love of god he said bless your enemies he never said to curse them smile until you get them to smile back you might keep smiling and maybe they, they might not smile right back, but you turn that smile into laughter and you see how quickly they'll begin to laugh because they needed that love. Love everyone until you are sure they have received it. That's what we've called to do and it works. The other day we spoke about the love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We are called to be in fellowship with one another. In fellowship, there is more than one fellow in the ship. I remember the story of Jesus on the ship, but there was more than him. His disciples was on the ship. 
That means everybody in the ship should be able to feel your love. We have to touch as many folks as we can in the ship. Let our love so shine. Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. That's spoken of in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Some people think they want to become missionaries. But they don't love the people where they are right now. So if you don't love the people where you are now, how you go in the mission field to the people who you've never met? Some people think they want to be missionaries. That's with their lips. But if they see before they go where they're going, they will open up their mouth and say, I don't want to go. They will see the conditions when they reach, before they reach it. They see it beforehand, they wouldn't go. But they don't love the people where they are right now. Wherever we are right now is our mission field. And love is our mission. Can I say that again? Wherever we are right now is our mission field. And love is our mission. How do I know that? God sent Jesus down with love. That was his mission. To love us. To restore us. To save us. I think you understand what I'm trying to express. When we are walking together and are fellowshipping with one another and fellowshipping with him, then the call to love is not so hard to answer. Then and only then can we truly answer the high call of intercession. Intercession, the real intercession is a yielded love affair with him. Is both you yielding to his love. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14 says, I'll find that. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14 says, For many, no, verse 14 says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. Then and only then can we truly answer the high call of intercession. We are called to be intercessors. But only when you, when you do just what I said. When we are walking together and are fellowshipping with one another and fellowshipping with him, then the call to love is not so hard to answer. Then and only then can we truly answer the call of intercession. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the utmost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. 
Jesus is always praying for us and we are to be just like him. We are called to be intercessors. We are called to stand in the gap. Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30 says, Ezekiel Twenty-two. Ezekiel twenty-two, verse thirty declares. And I sought for a man, among them, that should make up the hedge, and stand in a gap before me. For the land, that I should not destroy it but I found none. I think it was two days ago when all of a sudden the spirit of intercession fell on me and I was praying for the land, for the nation, for the souls. That was the spirit of intercession, true intercessors. Stop standing up singing, standing in the gap for you. When it's just words, it's not true intercession. Because when you're standing in the gap for someone as a true intercessor, whatever they're going through, you're going to feel it. You take it on. Whether it's sickness or burden or whatever, you take it on. You, be the, you are now the person. You are, you, 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 you are the person feeling everything about them. But he said, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. We are called to stand in a gap for others. He doesn't call us just to get happy and then go out and pass by somebody who is still suffering or who has not yet found him or who is not in a place where we are and say, I'm so glad I'm not like her. However, our assignment is to pray, to stand in the gap, and to touch God concerning others until they become just like him. In praying for others, we become more like him too. People need prayer, and we need to be perfected through the practice of praying for others. God is calling us now as the kings and priests that we are. Revelation chapter 1 and 6 declares, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you and I worship you. You are worthy to be praised. Lord, I love you. And I worship you. You are worthy to be praised. Lord, I love you. And I worship you. You are worthy to be praised. For you are worthy. Worthy to be praised. Revelation chapter 1 verse 6 says, And had made us king and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen.
God is calling us now as the kings and priests that we are to stand in the gap. As we stand in the gap and pray earnestly, more often than not, we will experience the powerful presence of the Lord. Can God trust us to talk to him about the needs of others? Can God trust us to bear one another burdens? Can God trust us to pray for our leaders? If he can, he will saturate us with his presence and answer our prayers. You can praise all you want, but if you offer praise without prayer, you're not going to get all you desire from the Lord. There is no power without prayer. Your praise life will be empty if your prayer life is not full. Can I say that again? Your praise life will be empty if your prayer life is not full. Intercession requires a certain attitude. You have to be willing to travail. Can I repeat that? Intercession requires a certain attitude. You have to be willing to travail. When a woman is in labor, she has to be ready to push until the baby is finally born. Listen, if you do not push that baby out, either you will die or the baby will die. How many spiritual prayer warriors reach so far but they decided there's too much pain. I'm not pushing anymore. I am not pushing anymore. So God says, okay then, you can't birth nothing. You don't. So he'll have to go and find a real someone who I yielded that I'm gonna push. And naturally in the hospitals, if you don't try to push that baby out, they will cut it out of you. We don't want to have spiritual death. We want to bring birth. We have to go through the pain to the liver. We have to take on the intercession for others to push until they get delivered. And yes, there's pain involved. I'm just making it real to you. The other day, when I was in deep travail, by the time it was over, to the end, the back of my spine felt like something had rooted up, rooted up. And so, Jeremiah, blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus, you are so awesome. You're just an awesome God. Jeremiah, Jeremiah was called he was a weeping prophet. Jeremiah was called and he was called and here he was. He was gonna God say, see I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, root out to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. 
So what was happening the other day, uh, some of you might not understand, when that intercession took place, there was a rooting up. There was a pulling down of strongholds. There was some stuff that was destroyed. There was some stuff that was thrown down. And only then can you build and plant. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I truly fail. Without him, I will be drifting like a ship without a sail. But only when you go to the yieldedness, totally yielding to the Holy Ghost, can all of a sudden the spirit of intercession turn on. As you yield, the spirit takes over. Hashikura masia. Ramama neo sotora makia rasieta dokuma. Memende rokurire setora mania soto. Shekuma mane sotora mania sata. Rama sheku mama ne sotora kiata. Ekurama mane sotora ramasia. It's time to stop fighting with the Holy Spirit. And it's time to yield to the Holy Ghost. It's time of totally yielding. It's time to totally yield. Can God trust us to talk to him about the needs of others? Can God trust us to bear one another burdens? Can God trust us to pray for our leaders? When you pray for the leaders, you can't pray being prejudiced. You have to pray with love. Let the Holy Ghost take on, take over. And you have to pray. You can't go hating and praying for them. No, it has to be genuine love. Can God trust us to pray for our leaders? If he can, he will saturate us with his presence and answer our prayers. I am sure without a shadow of a doubt that those prayers that went forth a few days ago, we are going to begin to see results of them in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, because he answers prayers. You can praise all you want, but if you offer praise without prayer, you're not going to get all you, you desire from the Lord. There's no power without prayer. Your praise life will be empty if your prayer life is not full. Intercession requires a certain attitude. You have to be willing to travail. When a woman is in labor, she has to be ready to push until the baby is finally born. Now, listen, if you go, if you go to some churches, if they have no idea what intercession is, if they have no idea what travail is, all I could say to you, be ready for the punishment. Because I'm one of them who got assigned to go to a ministry, okay? To build up that ministry. They had no idea who I was in their mess. So here it is, I'm in their prayer session. And all of a sudden, I'm on the floor on my face, praying. 
and there was no words, more words, because the Holy Ghost took over, and as he took over, the tongues came rolling out, but they were not just, they were tongues of angels, okay? They were warring tongues. The people had no idea, and while I'm on my face, wailing and travailing, I feel a tap on my back, and I hear the words, shut up, shut up, but still in travail, shut up, get up, we don't want this in here, oh blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus, and I'm in deep travail, and when I got up still travailing, I felt for my little bag and key, I travail myself right out of that building, down those stairs, so many stairs, down those stairs, jump in my car, still in travail, travailing, driving my car through this place, down West Bay Street into, into someone that I knew, and all I knew is I, I pull up my car in the yard, still wailing, and someone saw me, and they came to the car, don't know what's wrong. <laughs> the husband came. Then the wife came. When she came, she realized what, what was happening. And by that time that travailers had finished, God began to birth something else in me. But know that the person who did that to me, I had to forgive them because they know not what they did. But the other person who drove me out a year later, he died. Be careful. Touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. So some people, some church, some day, they just don't understand. It comes upon us to travail, travailing for souls, travailing for deliverance. Be ready to push until the baby is finally born. Likewise, we have to be ready to push spiritually, just as you push physically for the baby to come forth, spiritually, you have to push. In other words, we will have to push, that is, pray until something happens. Now, this is clarity, because there are people who go to churches in some conference, and the person who's having the concert, they say, push. Yeah, the people don't know nothing about pushing because a lot of them in there, they haven't even uh, uh, received Jesus. So they're pushing, the outward pushing and doing this. I was like, God, give them a revelation. We will have to push. That is, we have to pray until something happens. We have been called to push because many people may not have anyone but us to travail on their behalf. To be effective intercessors, we always have to be ready to pray. We should pray in agreement with his word because when we do, God answers our prayers and teaches us even more how to pray for others. Jesus said to pray in this manner, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed, meaning holy be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 to 10. We need to pray, Lord, 
I want your reign to rule over me and all the earth. When we stand in the gap as kings and priests unto God, somebody's life is going to be changed. And if you get to a point where you don't know what to pray for as you ought, Romans 8 and 26 tells us, Romans 8 and 26, blessed be the name of the Lord. Romans 8 and 26 says, Romans 8 and 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So a lot of people, when they're in that, in that spirit of travail, and if you have no understanding, because you want, you'd be like, that don't make sense. But when your eyes are open, and when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, then you will turn around and say, Lord, forgive me for not understanding and for what I say against those people. Well, of course, they are true intercessors. They are real tongues but they are tongues of devil. So you have to know, ask God to tell you to discern the tongues which is of God, which is of angels, and which is of the devil, and which is of the flesh that you made up. I remember going to a big church and, and, and the pastor said, I want everybody open their mouth and speak in tongues. And I was like, what is he talking about? Everybody in this building is not filled with the Holy Ghost. So everybody cannot open their mouth and speak in tongues. Help us, Jesus. We need to pray, Lord, I want your reign to rule over me and all the earth. When we stand in the gap as kings and priests unto God, somebody's life is going to change. And if you get to a point where you don't know what to pray as you ought, I just read it just now, Romans 8 and 26 tells you, that's when the Holy Spirit's intercession will begin. I remember, you know, I'd go to these churches and, you know, they have all these prayers and they would be so polite and speaking these words and all of that long prayers. And then when I would open my mouth to pray, it would be just a few words, and next thing I know, my tongue changed. And next thing I know, I'm in tongues. And one time I said, Lord, how can, how can I not pray like them with all those words? He said, because I made you different. The Holy Ghost prays in you. He takes over. He takes over your tongue. He takes over and prays. Ah, because he knows what to pray for. That's when the Holy Spirit's intercession will begin. Now, the Holy Spirit does not know how to pray according to God's now. The Holy Spirit does know. You don't know. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does know how to pray according to God's will.
but you don't know. You could be praying for a stick, but really the truth is he wants you to have a sword. <laughs> There's a difference between a stick and a sword. But he knows what you need. That's why we ought to let him take us over. That's why we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and let him pray. Now the Holy Spirit does know how to pray according to God's will. And when the Spirit of the Lord is yielded to in prayer, God enables us to break past the second veil. So a lot of us haven't reached, have not even reached the second veil because of an unyielded spirit. I will say this again. Now the Holy Spirit does know how to pray according to God's will. And when the Spirit of the Lord is yielded to in prayer, God enables us to break past the second veil or curtain of our emotions and minds. Then, as our spirits and God's spirit unite, we will slip into the Holy of Holies and experience true intimacy as only God can give it. Can I say that again? Because he, he requires us, he desires us to have true intimacy. Then, when... Then, as our spirits and God's spirit unite in one, we will slip into the Holy of Holies and experience true intimacy as only God can give it. The two then becomes one. We need a new way to live in this place we will receive the ministry of god the spirit because the spirit of the lord gives life second corinthians chapter 3 and 6 says second corinthians 3 and 6 says who also had made us able ministers of the new testament not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. As we move past the second curtain and into the Holy of Holies, we experience our God as the life giver. In the days of Moses, only the high priest could go all the way into the presence of God in the Holy of Holies. I'm so glad this is not Moses' day. Because when Jesus, the Son of God, came, he came to make this pattern of the tabernacle come alive for us. He consecrated us a new and living way through the curtain. That is his body. This truth is found in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20. I'll go there. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Hebrews chapter 10 verse 20 says by a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh torn his body body broken blood poured out his body this is found in hebrews 10 as 20 which i just read in fact Chapter 9 and 10 of Hebrews speak plainly about Jesus as a sacrificial offering and a high priest. So I want you to take time to read chapters 10 and chapters 9, which you will see it speaks plainly about Jesus, who is the sacrificial offering, and he is our high priest. Jesus provided a new and living way into the Holy of Holies and the pure presence of God through his body and his blood. Broken bread and poured out wine is his body that was broken. Now he has left the gate open for us. The gate is not locked anymore. You can just enter right in. Now he has left the gate open for us. He declared it himself to be the door. He said, I am the door. He declares himself, he is the door. Saying that if we would come in by him, he is the way, he is the door, we would be saved. We would go in and out and we would find pasture. John chapter 10 and 9 says, John 10 and 9 declares, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He's the door. Jesus is the only access to the Father in heaven. All these people who are talking about, no, he could go another way. Ain't no, there's no other way. Jesus is the only access to the Father in heaven. This is true both in salvation and in worship. If we are going to worship God, we are going to have to come to Jesus Christ. Because there's many worshipers. There's idol worshipers. There's evil worshipers. There's satanic worshipers. We are going to have to come by Jesus Christ. That's the truth. He is the door. He is the gate. He is the way. He is the truth and the life. This means that if we are going to get to God the Father, we are going to have to reach him by Jesus. No other way. Somebody said the other day, oh, we're going to be locked down again. I said to them, but Jesus was never locked down. We could always go to him because he's not locked down. No one else will do. You can scratch everybody else off your list. Scratch them off. 
that if you think you could get to Jesus through going to, to your priest or your pastor or your prophet or your king or your presidents or your governor, no, you got to go to Jesus to get to the Father. We can see that Jesus is the way to God through all the symbolism of the tabernacle. And, you know, I see a lot of churches, they have the tabernacle on their pulpit. But that's just a symbol. We don't need to display that. Jesus came. He's here. Through his life and even in his death, he walked through the tabernacle, fulfilling its pattern completely. When he sacrificed his life on the cross, he was a burnt offering and sin offering on the bronze altar in the outer court. He not only was the offering on the bronze altar, but he was also the water in the laver. He is the water of life. When they passed him, blood and water came out of his side. He is the living water. The Bible says in John 4 and 14, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. John 4 and 14, I want to show you something. John 4 and 14, he was speaking to the Samaritan woman. John 4 and 14, he says, John 4 and 13 says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. That's the water what she had from the well. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting, everlasting life. Everlasting life. There's a river of life flowing out of me. There's a river of life flowing out of me. There's a river of life flowing out of me. There's a river of life flowing out of me. In addition, he is the word that shows us ourselves as a mirror. And at the same time, he shows us ourselves. He cleanses us. He washes us by the water of the word so that he can present us as a glorious church. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 27 says, Ephesians 5 Verse 27 says that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. He was the sanctified one. He says in John chapter 17, verse 19, John 17, verse 19, he says, John 17, verse 19, declares. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified 
through the truth. Jesus said, and he was the sanctifier. I have sanctified those whom you have given me. I have lost none of them, he said in verse 12. Jesus was also the center stem of the Lamb's stand. To incorporate another biblical analogy, he is the vine that let us connect to him as branches so that we might be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive the gifts of the Spirit. He is the lampstand itself. He is. He is the light of the world so that we also might be lights of the world. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 says, Matthew 5 and 14 says, Ye are the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking. He's saying we are the light. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. He is the great high priest at the altar of incense who prays for us. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the utmost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. That's Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24 and 25. He is not only the great high priest, but also the curtain or veil. That is the second curtain that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. He was the curtain that was torn in two in order to give us access to God. Matthew chapter 27 was 50 to 51. Matthew 27. Matthew chapter 27 with 50 to 51 declares, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost, and behold, a veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top of the bottom, from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. He was bruised and broken, cursed and chastised, pierced and punished for our sake. The Bible says in Isaiah 53:5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. It was all in God's plan. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And that scripture is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Jesus allowed himself to be crucified. He laid down his own life saying, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. 
and I have power to take it again. In John chapter 10 verse 18, he speaks about destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. All the prophecies about him were fulfilled. He said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto myself. He talked about himself and then he made good on his promises. He did all of this so that he might give us access to the Father. He opened the gate wide for whosoever will to come. And so we are going to stop here for today. But we're not finished speaking about entering the Holy of Holies. So tomorrow we will continue if God's willing. Whosoever will, Revelation chapter 22 verse 17 says, Revelation 22 and 17 says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him that hear it say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. It's a free gift. You don't have to pay for it. You just have to come and receive it. So Father, today you've given us your food, your word. Lord, help us to understand your word and to apply it to our hearts. Lord, you said you want the King of Glory to come in. We want to experience your glory. We want to experience all of your love. Help us, Lord, to be open for the penetration of your love. And Father, I pray today that your grace, your love, your mercy, your peace rest upon us, your people. Guide, protect, Guard our hearts, protect us from the evil one. Keep us safe, Father, in the name of Jesus. May the peace of God that passeth all understanding guard your hearts and mine today. This is Apostle Shirley Evans saying again, I love you, I love you, I love you. Purify my heart, let it be pure. Real pure, purify my heart. Let it be as gold, pure gold. Refine as fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart. For you, dear master, ready to do your will. So God bless you. Have a blessed day today.